Ancient Egypt has always been a land veiled in mystery, where the sands conceal secrets that refuse to remain buried. For thousands of years, the pyramids of Egypt have stood as silent sentinels, guarding secrets hidden within their chambers. Behind their imposing facades lies a darkness that has plagued those who dare disturb the slumber of the pharaohs. Scholars and adventurers have long been captivated by the allure of these ancient tombs and their potential treasures, with some facing consequences for their actions. But are these curses merely superstition, or is there something darker at play? That's what we'll be discussing on this episode of Dark Diaries. The history of Egyptian curses is deeply rooted in the religious and cultural beliefs of ancient Egypt, dating back thousands of years. Curses were believed to have potent magical properties and were often associated with the spiritual realm. The Egyptians, with their intricate religious practices and profound belief in an afterlife, viewed curses as a means to protect the deceased, guard sacred objects, and ensure the continuity of their cultural and religious traditions. In ancient Egypt, the concept of an afterlife played a significant role in shaping their beliefs about death and the preservation of the soul. The Egyptians believed in a complex system of gods and goddesses, each associated with specific aspects of life, death, and the afterlife. Hathor was a goddess associated with joy, love, and motherhood. Ra, the sun god, was linked to the daily cycle of life. The goddess Isis is often associated with life and fertility, and her husband Osiris, primarily known as the god of the afterlife, death, and resurrection, was crucial for ensuring a favorable journey to the afterlife. Individuals sought to protect themselves and their belongings with magical spells and curses to secure this journey. One of the earliest instances of curses in ancient Egypt can be traced back to the practice of tomb inscriptions. Egyptians inscribed detailed prayers and spells on the walls of tombs to safeguard the deceased from harm and guide them through a perilous journey to the afterlife. These inscriptions, known as pyramid texts, were initially exclusive to the pharaohs, but later extended to include people of noble status, such as those with military achievements, land ownership, or important religious positions. The use of curses expanded beyond personal tombs to include sacred sites and objects. Temples, statues, and other religious artifacts were deemed sacred and essential for maintaining the cosmic order. Consequently, Curses were placed on these items to deter thieves and vandals. Desecrating a sacred object or tomb was not only a violation of the physical world, but also a threat to the spiritual harmony of the deceased and the divine realm. The essence of Egyptian curses lies in the belief that actions performed on one object could affect another object through a mystical connection. Curses were often composed of ritualistic words and symbols intended to invoke supernatural forces. 
The power of curses was thought to lie in the correct pronunciation and recitation of these spells, emphasising the importance of trained individuals such as priests in their execution. Egyptian curses, whether inscribed on tombs, artefacts or temples, served multiple purposes. They were protective measures against physical and spiritual threats, expresses of devotion to the gods and tools for maintaining the order and sanctity of the afterlife. As guardians of their cultural heritage, the ancient Egyptians considered curses an integral aspect of their religious practices, intertwining magic, spirituality and the eternal journey of the soul. Egyptian curses also extended to the realm of mummies. The process of mummification was a meticulously conducted ritual, aimed not only to preserve the physical body, but also to safeguard the soul for its journey to the afterlife. Curses were often placed on the wrappings of mummies, containing warnings to potential violators and emphasising the sacred nature of the deceased. The religious texts and spells that accompanied the deceased in the form of amulets or inscriptions on coffins and sarcophagi were considered essential for a successful transition to the afterlife. These texts, such as the Book of the Dead, contained instructions and magical spells to aid the deceased in navigating the challenges of the underworld and secure a place among the blessed in the afterlife. The belief in curses and the potency of magic in ancient Egypt were not limited to the elites or religious contexts. Everyday objects and individuals also sought protection through charms and spells. Egyptians often wore amulets featuring protective deities or symbols believed to ward off evil spirits and bring good fortune. The intricate intertwining of magic and religion permeated all aspects of life reflecting the profound influence of these beliefs on Egyptian society. The concept of curses in ancient Egypt persisted through various dynasties, evolving with cultural shifts and religious developments. Curses not only served as a means of protection, but also as a form of social control, reinforcing moral and ethical standards within the community. Violating the sanctity of tombs or temples, for example, was not only seen as a threat to the individual, but also as a transgression against the divine order. As Egypt underwent periods of conquest and cultural assimilation, the practice of curses adapted to new influences. Greco-Roman Egypt saw the fusion of Egyptian and Hellenistic traditions. The Hellenistic period lasted between the death of Alexander the Great in 323 BC and the death of Cleopatra in 30 BC, followed by the emergence of the Roman Empire. The merging of Greek, Roman and Egyptian traditions resulted in a mixture of beliefs and practices. Despite these changes, the core idea of using magical incantations for protection and spiritual purposes persisted. The history of curses is deeply intertwined with the religious and cultural fabric of ancient Egypt, rooted in a profound belief in the afterlife, the power of magic, and the importance of maintaining order. Curses served as a means of protection for individuals, sacred sites, and cultural artifacts, whether inscribed on tombs, mummies, or everyday objects, 
curses reflected the Egyptians' commitment to ensuring the well-being of the deceased and preserving the sanctity of their cultural and spiritual heritage. Now, learning about where the curses came from is all good, but what did these curses entail? Here are some disturbing and supposed instances where ancient Egyptian curses came true. In 1971, during an excavation in Saqqara, Egyptologist Walter Brian Emery discovered a small statue of Osiris, the Egyptian god of death. After concluding their work for the day, Emery and his assistant returned to the excavation site's office in a nearby village. Emery brought the Osiris statue back with him to his house. Upon reaching home, Emery went to the bathroom for a shower. Shortly thereafter, his assistant heard Emery's distressed cries. Rushing to him, the assistant found Emery gripping the sink's basin, evidently undergoing a traumatic experience. The assistant recounted that Emery, quote, stood there as if paralyzed. I seized him by the shoulders and guided him to the couch. Then I hurried to the telephone. Emery was later diagnosed with paralysis on the right side of his body and lost the ability to speak. He passed away the following day. In his 1699 publication, Treatise on Embalmings, Louis Penicher detailed a mummy's curse. The narrative revolves around a Polish individual who acquired two mummies from Alexandria, aiming to study them for therapeutic purposes. According to the story, as he sailed back across the Mediterranean Sea, the man found himself haunted by two ghosts who materialized on the boat. Reacting promptly, he disposed of the mummies by tossing them into the water. Miraculously, the moment the bodies were engulfed by the sea, his encounters with the spectral entities ceased immediately. Zahi Hawass shares an account of a young boy facing a terminal illness who, out of a profound love for Egypt, visited the Egyptian museum. The boy gazed into the eyes of King Amos I's mummy, and inexplicably, he experienced a miraculous recovery from his illness. Subsequently, the boy pursued a study of Egyptian culture. Zahi Hawass, recognized as a prominent archaeologist and tour guide, has recently guided notables such as President Obama and Beyonce during their visits to the pyramids. Sahi Hawass also recounted his experience as a young archaeologist. While excavating the tombs of the pyramid builders at Giza, he came across a curse inscribed with a warning against those who would harm the tomb. Despite his non-superstitious stance, Hawass chose not to disturb the mummies. However, he admitted being part of the removal of two child mummies from the Bahariya oasis to a museum. Subsequently, he claimed to have been haunted by dreams featuring the children until the mummy of their father was reunited with them at the museum. In the latter parts of 2013, a museum in Manchester experienced an eerie phenomenon involving an Egyptian statue that 
autonomously rotated 180 degrees every three days. The statue was enclosed in a glass case and remained untouched by anyone except the curator, who repeatedly repositioned it. The museum's curator asserted that ancient Egyptians believed the statue could serve as an alternative vessel for the spirit if the mummy was destroyed. A time-lapse video accelerated to highlight the movement of the statue without any physical contact has been produced. Although scientists propose an explanation involving friction between two surfaces, the occurrence remains undeniably unsettling. Obviously, we can't discuss Egyptian curses without mentioning the famous curse of Tutankhamun. Tutankhamun was a relatively minor pharaoh who ruled during the 18th dynasty of the New Kingdom in ancient Egypt. From 1332 BC to 1323 BC, he ascended the throne at the age of 9 and died at just the age of 19. His tomb, located in the Valley of the Kings, was well preserved and filled with a remarkable collection of treasures. The discovery of the tomb captured the world's imagination and media coverage was extensive. In 1922, British archaeologist Howard Carter and his team, led by renowned Egyptologist James Henry Breasted, uncovered the tomb of Tutankhamun, marking the beginning of the modern era of Egyptology. The notion of a curse gained widespread attention following the deaths of several members of Howard Carter's team and other notable visitors to Tutankhamun's tomb shortly after its opening. During this period, a strange incident occurred when a messenger sent by Carter to his house reported hearing a faint, almost human cry upon approaching. Upon investigation, the messenger found a cobra inside a birdcage at Carter's home, the symbol of the Egyptian monarchy. Carter's pet canary had died in the cobra's mouth, sparking local rumours of a curse. The first death associated with the alleged curse was that of Lord Carnarvon, the financer of the excavation. He succumbed to blood poisoning caused by an infected mosquito bite. Novelist Marie Corrielli's letter, published in the New York World magazine, claimed this to be the result of a curse in the king's tomb, adding to the frenzy. The creator of Sherlock Holmes and spiritualist Sir Arthur Conan Doyle fueled media interests by suggesting that Lord Carnarvon's death was caused by elementals, created by Tutankhamun's priests to guard the royal tomb. However, modern scholars dismissed the notion of a curse, and Lord Carnarvon's death is generally attributed to natural causes compounded by the limited medical knowledge and treatments available at the time. George J. Gould I died in the French Riviera on the 16th of May 1923 from a fever he developed soon after his visit to Tutankhamun's tomb. A.C. Mace, a member of Carter's excavation team, died in April 1928, having suffered from pneumonia. And Richard Bethel, Carter's secretary, died on the 15th of November 1929, 
the death is suspected to be from smothering. Howard Carter, still skeptical of curses, reported a sighting of a jackal resembling Anubis, the protector of graves and guide to the underworld in 1926, but attributed it to natural causes. Skeptics highlighted the fact that many involved in the tomb's discovery lived long and healthy lives. Of the 58 present during the tomb's opening, only 8 died within 12 years, while Carter himself lived until 1939. However, some still believe that his death was attributed to the Pharaoh's curse. As we conclude our exploration into the curse of the pharaohs, we are left with a lingering sense of wonder with a hint of caution. The ancient Egyptians have left us with an enduring legacy, one that captivates the imagination and challenges our understanding of the mysteries that shroud their civilization. The curse, whether a product of superstition or something more profound, serves as a reminder of the power and mystique surrounding the tombs of the pharaohs. It reminds us to tread carefully through history, respecting the sanctity of the past while unraveling its secrets. Dark Diaries, a horror history podcast, was conceived by, written by, and edited by me, Alex Winfield, and recorded in the United Kingdom. I would like to thank the YouTube channel Rest for the Wicked for its ambient sounds and music, which was used in this episode. A link to their channel will be listed below. If you would like to know more about upcoming episodes or listen to past entries, then follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music at Dark Diaries, a horror history podcast and on YouTube at the channel name Alex Winfield. Thank you for listening.